Hey there, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Noah and Tell, the podcast for interesting people. I'm your host, Carrie Pulley. Oh boy, guys, we have a special treat today. Uh, I don't know how we got him, but God bless it, he is here. We are talking to Scott Koblish, a very well-respected comic book artist and cartoonist. He has worked for the likes of Marvel, DC, and Dark Horse, to name a few. Uh, Originally from the East Coast, he made sure that I had to emphasize he's from Jersey. So uh, yeah, 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 I did say it. You have to own it. (laughs) You own it. I'm not from there. Uh, He attended the Kubert School for Cartooning at the age of nine, which is pretty dang extraordinary. Uh, When I was nine, I was just fearing puberty. So he is ahead of the curve, and he has never been to the moon, which is a thing that I think most of us can say. But he really wanted it to be known. Scott, thanks for being here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, good golly. So when does uh, this air? Because maybe I can get to the moon before it actually airs. If you go to the moon before this airs, I will uh, make a special edit to the episode to <laughs> okay, say, y'all, good. I yeah, don't yeah. know what happened, but he's up there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to get him back, though. He didn't think that one through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got there and then that was it. Yeah. So like what is what is here. the Kubert School? I, I haven't heard of it, but, you know, from what I hear now, it's pretty dang ritzy. Well, the Kubert School was a. Uh, it was based on that little uh, video game where, like, he ran around. No, I'm sorry. Uh, the Kubert School was. Uh, oh my God, you really had me for a second. Oh really? I'm I did. Just like, yeah, wow, like, like Kubert. What? I had, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I had a. I had a. Um, uh, so the Kubert School is. Uh, it was Joe Kubert. He started the school. He was a really famous comic book artist, and an editor over at DC Comics for years and years and years. And I guess at some point. He kind of looked at his life and he was like, what am I going to do with my life? You know, and then he started school and they they teach people all the all the all from all over. He had. Yeah, I remember at the beginning, he had some student from Africa and he was really proud of that, like from Uganda or something like that. So where is the school located? It is in Dover, New Jersey. When I started going there, it was still in the mansion, but they bought like an old elementary like school. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Except you were nine when you started there? I How was on nine earth did that when I started happen? going there. I don't know. It was just they had Saturday classes that Joe would teach. So I just went over there. And that was kind of an unusual age to be at that school, yeah? Yeah, but I decided that I was going to be a cartoonist at age seven. So Really? You know, oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've met seven-year-olds like as I get older, and I would never take career advice from any of them, but... Uh, I don't I know. Seven. I want to be a Princess Rainbow Sparkle Cowboy. Right. Exactly. So that's what I'm um, doing right now. So, I, yeah, I decided I was going to be a cartoonist at age seven. So what made you decide to be a cartoonist when you were that young? I wanted out. Okay. <laughs> There's yeah. a couple different ways to do that. Uh, heroin <laughs> is a real easy one. Oh, that's true. See, I had no way of getting heroin. Oh, so cartooning time, so. was just kind of what you had. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, you make do with what you can. What, what do you um, love about cartooning? Like, why is it something that has stuck with you for this long and has driven your life? Well, I've driven, I've drawn since I was four. So really, I just, it's just who I am. It's not even like a, I don't even know how I would be able to separate myself out from drawing. So hmm. it just became everything that I did. And uh, at that point, you're just kind of looking around going like, well, what can you do with this as a career? And I love comic books, so, you know, animation and all that sort of stuff. So I thought, well, I'll do that. So what were some of the early comic books that influenced you? 
I was a big fan of Spider-Man, really, to Ooh. be honest, when I was a kid. Spider-Man was it. And then the X-Men came along, and I was really into the X-Men. Legion of Superheroes. Like, um, I wasn't... I mean, I I wasn't very picky about what characters that I liked. I just kind of liked the whole thing. Okay. So, if and I had a comic book... How did you get into comic books when you were a kid? Like, did you have a, a sibling or a relative that kind of got you into it? I th- think my mother came back with a whole bunch of comic books at some point. Really what it was is I I was watching... I was really obsessed with uh, this one television show. It was an animated Spider-Man series. And uh, I was really obsessed with that. And then I found out that it, there was a Spider-Man series in the local paper, mm. the newspaper. And then I found out that there were comics about it. So the newspaper kind of sucked because it was all in black and white. And uh, the comics were better because they were in color. I know that sounds dumb. That sounds dumb, right? No, anyway. it doesn't sound dumb. But I like things in color. Even to this day. <laughs> boy, those movies. <laughs> even all these years even later. all these years later. I livid. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you've been um, cartooning like you've been drawing since you were four. You said, have you ever at any point considered a different career? No. Well, I thought about astronomy and then I th- also thought about like music. So like <laughs> music would have been my fallback job. <laughs> but, uh, oh, but yeah, that's yeah, a very cartooning. LA statement. Yeah, music, music is my fallback. It was my fallback. <laughs> like but if this didn't work out, then I'd try try music. Uh, but so. by all you know, by all accounts, it has definitely worked out for you. Like cartooning. So far, so good. I mean, free. I'm freelance, so it could all end tomorrow. But uh, yeah, it's it's been good. I've been happy. Okay, been, and, and I so learned like how to do it. So like after a while, like they only. I mean, they hire people that know how to do things, right? That's I the think. Idea. <laughs> I don't know. They haven't hired me, so probably yes. <laughs> that is probably I'm accurate. sure you could do it. <laughs> I mean, I could do it poorly. Totally. I just watched you draw. Like <laughs> You were drawing these, uh, these awesome cards. You could totally, like, you could do this. If Marvel no ever problem. needs a staff therapist, I'm there. And then I'll Oh, trust me, that whole company, yes. <laughs> I think <laughs> staff any Sarah, company staff in therapist LA. would be... Would either ruin the comics or make them way, way better. <laughs> I don't know. Now, when you said this in the comic, uh, how much of that was in your mother's voice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, all of it. The penguin is my mother. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> Psychoanalyzing the latest issues. Like, ooh, I think Ted's oh, having a really hard time right now. Check out page three. Yeah, That'd sure. be awesome. So you've worked for like the likes of Marvel and DC and Dark Horse and... Um, how old were you when you started? I mean, oh, getting work with these companies. I? Uh, I was twenty-two. That's really young. I Maybe mean, twenty-three. I, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. How on earth really did you young? get linked into these enormous titans of comics? I went to art school, so like that was the whole plan. Like after like, Cuba. Uh, yeah, after Cuba school, I went to a school of visual arts in New York. Okay. And um, yeah, and I, you know, you get a, you sort of amass a portfolio, and then I showed it around, and I got, I got it. Fortunately, I got it in front of uh, John Romita Senior, who was the art director over at Marvel, and then I kept pestering him for a job, and then he was like, "Stop bothering me." <laughs> and then about, f- that's I my don't know. dating. Yeah, and then I wound uh, up taking all sorts too. of extra jobs because I needed to make ends meet. 
<laughs> but then he eventually they they called me like just before Christmas, and they were like, the uh, this one guy's leaving this position. Like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. And so, so what was that first position that you did? Uh, th- that was art corrections. I was a Ramita Raider, which was the position name. But we were supposed to go in, raid the artwork, fix it, and then leave as if no one had known we were there. And I can tell you that nobody knew we were there. So <laughs> You were the phantoms <coughs> behind the panels. We were the phantoms. <laughs> so no one knew we were there at all. So then at age 22, were you just primarily working for Marvel then? Yeah, I was on staff for the first eight months, and then I went freelance after that, and I've been freelance ever since, so... Ever um, since? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, a long absolutely. time to be freelance. Like, is, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you're old, old, but like, bruh, yeah. <laughs> you're older. <laughs> I'm way too old. <laughs> way too old for what? <laughs> I can't to say. exist. <laughs> to exist. Oh, my goodness. And so you started picking up jobs like from I mean, because once you get established, like you started to get. Well, that was it. I was on staff. So right. like you can sort of show everybody your portfolio and. I knew how to ink, uh, which was sort of a, a a skill that not a lot of people had. What does so, that mean? Um, well, uh, essentially, inkers are the people who, that have the power to change gray lines into black lines. But uh, that's a terrible inker joke, and nobody's going to get it. But um, <laughs> see, I shouldn't have tried. <laughs> you, I mean, I hope someone listening. No, heard there's that one person who's <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that person th- is a nerd yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like you. all of us I just, yeah, thank you sir or <laughs> ma'am or, but um no it's it's just you take the artwork and and um they divvy it out kind of like uh you know like henry ford style where it's on a production line and um uh you know the person to figure it out will be the pen, you know the writer and then they'll work it out with the editor and then the penciler will come in and pencil the story and then the inker will ink the inks or onto the pencils and then erase the pencils and then the colorist will come in and put the colors on and then the letter will come in and put the letters on that the writer had and then gets sent to production and then gets sent to like a press where they and then after that to a bindery and then to the the FedEx truck or the UPS truck or whatever kind of truck it is to get it out to the comic shop. I am very a lot of work involved. In yeah. I'm very comfortable in admitting how ignorant I have been of how many people it takes to just make a comic book. It does. It takes a small army. So, wow. you know, and everybody's working really hard and, and they're really dedicated to what they do. So I have to say that, um, you know, the, the people who are invisible to what happens are sometimes the most important. Ooh, that was deep. I mean, if I don't know, I uh, I've had a PBR as well. Um, Huh. Okay. So uh, it takes a whole bunch of people, and Mm. you've worked. I don't know. So you you were at Marvel, and then you started showing your stuff around there. And so then, like, how how do the other companies start to become aware of your work? And are you allowed to do projects for two companies at once? Oh yeah, I'm freelance. I could work for anybody. You do what you you want. Oh, I could do what I want. Yeah. Um, I I I worked at Marvel for. Well, it's it's been a long time now, but I you know any time I wound up working at DC, it's just because people would leave Marvel and go over to DC. <laughs> so I knew them over there. Yeah, yeah. And what about Dark Horse? <coughs> I feel like that might be a lesser known. 
not lesser known. Like Dark they're still Horse. really big. Yeah, but Dark Horse. I forget what it is that I did for Dark Horse. I think it was just some sort of quick thing. Okay. Um, I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> Acclaim, Dark Horse. I don't know. I've I've done little things here and there. So it really depends on who's where and asking for what. I think I even worked for Archie Comics at some point doing Ninja Mutant Turtles. Really? Yeah, I think some covers for them. So. Hot diggity dog. Yeah, sure. So you obviously, oh, you, you obviously have so many different amazing projects that you've taken part in, and and uh, I don't know, we could talk like for many moons, but there's a particular project or character that you worked on that you wanted to talk about today, and who is that? I guess I could talk about Deadpool. Cause I guess I could thing. talk about yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real casual Deadpool. Yeah, only yeah, now, yeah. like one of the you know sure, coolest anti-heroes. Sure, make it seem like it's a surprise. We'll be like, we didn't talk about it beforehand or nothing like that. Listen. Be like, I don't know. I suppose. Stop revealing the magic. Okay, sorry. So Deadpool. That's my job is to peel back the curtain. No, your job is to make lines better, and. <laughs> <laughs> Draw, monkey, draw. <laughs> we don't pay you to think. <laughs> no, nobody pays me to think. So, Deadpool. When did you work on Deadpool? I worked on Deadpool for about five and a half years. Wow. Uh, so, two, 2012 to whenever five and a half years passed after that. So, 2018, I stopped it. So, or at least for now. I, uh, I get the feeling I'll do it again. So, I really like the character a lot. So. What do you like about the character? I like that there's no way to break the character. There's really nothing you can do to actually destroy the character hmm. at all. Like, um, you know, we we put him in like a 70s outfit or a, you know, we had him fight Hitler. We had him like an animated TV show from the, from the 80s. We had him in a 60s comic. We put him in the future. You know, we had a... Gave him a daughter in the year 2099. And <laughs> what? Yeah, there's just no way to destroy this character at all. And I mean, and heavens knows I've tried. He so. <laughs> <laughs> it was my mission and yeah, I Yeah, you put failed. him in an Afro wig and you think... I mean, if you put Superman in an Afro wig, like, you've got problems. But with <laughs> Deadpool, like, it's it only makes everybody love him more, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> and so... I guess I don't know. Talk about your role in the Deadpool comics. Like, if someone picks up a, a, an issue of Deadpool from those years that you said, two thousand what twelve to mm, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah, basically I was there to draw, but I mean, I I threw in as much as I possibly could with every everything that I did. Like, I'd add jokes here and there, and I I just try and like, or you'd try and draw it so that everyone's crying at the end i mean the great thing about deadpool is that there's a lot of um there's a lot of pathos that you can sort of really shove in there so he makes jokes but he's not like spider-man where he's making jokes all the time it's there's an element of sadness to deadpool that uh that spider-man doesn't have so and that's interesting because like spider-man i mean shit his uncle got popped and yeah spider-man works on guilt and deadpool does not have any guilt Oh, that's so a good way that's to differentiate. Yeah, Spider-Man functions on guilt. So So what do you think Deadpool functions on? Deadpool functions on I think he feels uh, a certain um responsibility for the things that he screws up and he screws up all the time. Yeah. So. And he's a very brilliant tactician. I mean, he's just kind of like he thinks out of the box constantly. 
and I think he wants to be loved, but uh, there's no way in in hell that he can do it. You know, he's he's horrendously ugly, so that's a strike against him. And uh, uh, you know, I think that uh, he, as a mercenary and as a person that's just constantly got death around him, he's it's a very difficult life to to bring people into. So. Um, so did you have to really educate yourself on Deadpool's history before I you took did. on the project? No, I, I didn't know very much about Deadpool when I started, but by the end of it, I knew pretty much as much as I possibly could. You know, and the last thing I did almost was I did this huge cover that was 300 Deadpools, like just the different outfits that he'd worn like the really? entire time. So 300? yeah, 300. And I thought at the beginning of it, I wasn't going to be able to get 300, but sure enough i was so wow. i was like and i i forgot a couple to be honest what was that a cover of that was the cover for issue 300 i did 302 deadpools on it because i kind of lost track <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're kind of you drawing like willy-nilly oh i had of course i had to <laughs> sit down and count them the idea was it was going to be 300 deadpools for issue 300 and then well there is an invisible deadpool which is canon like that they were all canon from the book with the exception of two or three, like um, so, they were all things that actually existed in like a Deadpool comic. Like he was dressed up like, like there's a I had Spider-Man in there just because Deadpool dressed up as Spider-Man once, <laughs> and there was a whole bunch of Deadpools like the Rainbow Squad Deadpool, where like they were all different colors and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a giant gorilla like dressed up in the green outfit and. <laughs> And a monkey and like the yellow outfit. So like it was lots of fun. You know, there's all sorts of stuff in there. There's a bath pool. Totally exists. Three-legged Deadpool. Totally exists. T-Rex Deadpool. Totally exists. Gal <laughs> Galactus pool. And so like, were these all Deadpools that you drew over the years? I drew like it was a good like 15 or 20 out of that. So like, yeah, there was about um, like the 70s Deadpool. Like there were two 60s versions of Deadpool. Um, the 2099 stuff was all mine. So like, yeah, I wound up like sitting there looking at the cover and thinking like, yeah, I did really add to like this, uh, this character, you know, like at least like one sixth or one, f you know, or one sixteenth or one, one eighteenth of the character, you know? So it was a lot of fun to like sit back and say like, you know, like in the end, like I helped contribute to it. The character has been around for about 26 or 27 years. So. So um, when you were there, when you were drawing him, were you like the principal artist for it? Well, the Deadpool, uh, the book comes out like there's literally probably 80 comics of Deadpool that come out a year. So oh, wow. just between the regular book and all the miniseries and all the annuals and things like that. So no one artist could possibly handle all of Deadpool. So I was, uh, was part of a team, but happily so. You know, I'd look at all the other artists that were working on it and you try and up your game just as a result. So. So how do you feel when you see the I mean, like you said, with the 300 cover and realizing that you contributed about 15 to 20 of those. How does it feel to know that you've made this contribution to this wildly beloved character in his story? Uh, I was going to answer pathetic, but it, it's actually kind of <laughs> nice. Like it's. It's okay. I mean, it was weird when the movies came out because I remember being on a panel before the movie came out and uh, 
there were people they would just come up and they'd go like when can we see a deadpool movie and i was like you're never gonna see a deadpool movie it's just not gonna happen and then like the next person would go we really want to see a deadpool movie but like a rated r deadpool movie and i was just like i'm so sorry this is never gonna happen this is terrible for you you're just gonna <laughs> be like you're gonna live your life like completely unfulfilled because if you're asking <laughs> for this for this rated r deadpool movie now, did you not you know at that time that a movie was oh well uh, there wasn't a movie involved there there was not a movie involved so in you still seem kind of surprised oh immensely there's been two now <laughs> so that's just like <laughs> and, one, and you're still like, shocked yeah oh yeah there's probably you're gonna like, be I a still third think it one was a dream yeah, yeah. or some yeah, sort of yeah it's some sort of weird, weird well i would trip. i would leave my desk having drawn deadpool and i would get into my car and I would drive, you know, and you'd stop at a stoplight and like slowly like a bus would pull up next to you and there would be Deadpool, <laughs> you know, like on He's an ad. And I was you. just like, what's happening? I left this at my drawing board and you draw <laughs> and you drive across town. And sure enough, there's like another like picture of Deadpool. And you're just like, this is not happening. This can't be happening. So <laughs> it's just a little weird experience. you know. Do you like, think that the movie um, stuck pretty well to the comics or to the feel of Deadpool? Oh, it was amazing. I thought they did. Well, Deadpool doesn't have a, a year one. So like he kind of came in in media res. He he's the first time he appears. He's already like an established like he was sort of a villain, but uh, he was like a cable villain. So he was already an established villain, but he, he, you know, and then everyone sort of filled in the backstory later. So there's not really like an origin for him. Hmm. So I, I was really impressed with what they did. You know, Tim Miller, the director, did a great job with it. So and that Ryan yeah. Reynolds wasn't <coughs> too shabby. Either. Ryan Reynolds has abs for days. Mm. His obliques look really good. Like it's one of those things where you're just like, wow. Like you're that's like, God, amazing. did I draw those because they yeah, are perfect? No <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. No, they're they're like those. Th- it looks almost like um, one of those like uh, toys where like you know they they have the obliques there and that's how the the leg fits into the t- the mm-hmm. body. So yeah, no. Good for you, Ryan Reynolds. Oof. Or what's a good for you, Blake Lively, really? Is well. You know what? Good for all of us because we all get to see it. Yeah, totally. Hashtag blessed, my friends. So <laughs> if <laughs> really weird way to exist. Yeah. So if you had the opportunity to work on, I mean, any character in any of the comic universes, if you could bring maybe one back to life with your own flavor, your own drawings, what who would it be? I would love to work on the Legion of Superheroes, but there isn't even a Legion of Superheroes book right now, so I don't really know. Mm. But um, I don't know. I You know, I've always been surprised at whatever I really, really want to work on. If I get that, then I'm just kind of like a little thrown because you want it too much. And then <laughs> you kind of choke. But You're like, uh, oh my god, don't fuck this up. Yeah, but with Deadpool, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't come in with any preconceived notions. So like, it really helped me kind of think out of the box for that kind of stuff. But I've always, I've always liked Spider-Man. I really like drawing Spider-Man. Um, the X-Men are really fun. But uh, some of the characters, like you know, like if I really liked them as a kid, that's probably the last time I drew them. Mm-hmm. So it's a little f- weird, like. You know, like I was a big Firestorm fan when I was a little kid. And then I sat down and drew Firestorm recently. And it was like, it was like the next day of drawing as a kid. So it really, it didn't look good. (laughs) 
you know it was kind of like i you know i had all my skills of like being 13 years old so i don't really know how to describe that but and so you haven't just done okay. comic books you actually um i mean i read one of your books um about all the different ways that you die right yes i did that's right i always forget to pimp this book what's the name of the book uh, it's called the many deaths of scott koblish and it's by me it's hilarious and also like dark and absolutely yeah it's a what made you decide to make this book it's appropriate for kids like you can totally get yeah it makes a wonderful christmas gift i don't know when this one comes out you can find it on amazon you can find it on barnes and noble it's a comedy book so it's it's me dying over and over again i I read the entire thing yesterday. I sat yeah. down and I blasted through it, and it was—I mean, pardon, pardon the pun—I was dying. Like oh, it was, that's awesome! It was so oh, funny. Okay, great. Oh, fantastic! And yeah, it was so I, creative. Yeah, I worked really hard on that book. So yeah, I can't—I can't deny that I worked really hard on that book. It was a lot of fun. I well, what happened was is I was kind of like, I'd lie in bed every night, and uh, not every night, <laughs> just but thinking about dying. Just thinking about dying. So like, what would happen <laughs> is I would literally the moment. The moment before I'd fall completely asleep, like you, you know that moment where you can't quite move and you're just about drifting away and then you really can't feel your body anymore. And I was like, oh, this must be what death feels like. And then I'd be up like there was no way to fall asleep <laughs> oh, like no. after that, you know, so and it just kept happening. Like I'd be really worried or anxious about something like I'd be driving and you could see a truck like not behaving well. And I'd be like, oh, boy. That's going to, you know, and I play it out in my head, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'd be like, this is how it goes. And then I got so anxious and so worried about everything that I was like, I've got to get a hold of this. So I just was like, well, what's what's the one thing that I do? And I draw all day long. So like I was like, well, I'll just I'll draw out a couple of these things. So I was drawn. I just drew out a couple where I died, like, you know, falling off a cliff or like a bird lands on a rock and it falls on me or like a. A cat knocks me out of the window or like just little things. And then I would post them on um, on social media. And all my friends were like, well, you really deserve that one. And they just really seemed really <laughs> happy about it. You know, you go from like like 10 likes to like 200 suddenly. And you're just like, people are happened? really rooting <laughs> for my demise. Oh, oh absolutely. Shit. Well, it was well, I have some great friends. So it was really <laughs> awesome. It was great because they would just go. They would all like, you know, like they would all just pitch in and like make jokes you know like based on based on the fact that i died what i did notice is that the ones that were really serious like i did one where i like walked into the ocean and just never returned like they you know their responses were a lot more muted like they would just be like are you okay you know wait i don't think i can make a joke about this yeah but the (laughs) ones where like but changing it into walking into the into the ocean and then a giant kraken getting me like that's that's funnier somehow so (laughs) and you're like guys the end result is i'm still dead (laughs) well that was it yeah it was just like well yeah you're still going to the funeral but it'll be a funnier joke you know so (laughs) they'll um, serve calamari in my honor (laughs) it just it just kept going and then at some point a friend of mine that worked at chronicle books was like hey, do you want to make this an actual book? And everyone was pestering me to make it a book. So I was just like, well, let's do it. So, Have you done any other books? Uh, no, not yet. But uh, they've asked me to do something else after it. So I should think so. I should so. get off my, my can. My, oh, my, my gosh. Easter what if it's all the different ways that Scott Koblish is born? Yeah, no, yeah. That would well, all I just be I thought about the many dates of Scott Koblish, like, <gasps> dating, like terrible dating. Like, 
<laughs> you know, so many people could relate to that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Oh, especially if you like you don't allow. Or the many lives I could be like in like alternate universes or something <laughs> like that. So. I was on the Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. Yet another way yeah. I died. Yeah, That's so. amazing. Oh my goodness. And like just watching you draw, I'm sure is, is just a mesmerizing experience. Have you watched me draw? I mean, I don't listen. Uh, have, oh. Listen. I don't know if you <laughs> <laughs> listen. Okay. He's been handed. You down left your curtains open, Scott. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? All right. I was bored. I was in LA. Something had it's to all happen. Right. It's all right. As long as I was just drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I forget I'm not talking to someone who knows me very well. Or that other people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the NSA, but I mean, let's be honest, they hey do far worse than yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what what kind of uh, things do you want to plug? What kind of things do you want people to go out right now and look for or search for? What do I want to plug? Let's let's stick with the products. <laughs> um, yes. Um, well, let's see. Uh, yeah, you can buy the book. So, uh, the many deaths of Scott Koblish. If you just go online, you can find it. It's a real book from a real publisher. Um, it's real good. And it's real good. And uh, that you can see, there's a couple like, um, you know, you can get a taste of what the book's about. Uh, just at, at like Amazon or at BarnesandNoble.com or at the Chronicle web website itself. So it makes a great Christmas gift. It's only like, well, whatever Amazon has it at, probably like uh, less than ten bucks. So, you know, what? go out and go out and grab a copy. It's a deal so and a half. It is. It's really fun. Like, it's such a fun book, you guys. You know. Oh, I highly recommend it. And uh, if you're ever in another store that carries Deadpool stuff, like pick up some of my stuff or any Marvel comics, like, um, you know, just just have a blast like the whole point is to read and enjoy yourself and um is that the whole point i don't know what the whole yeah i that's think the so whole point. yeah so either that or the whole point is the hokey pokey and if so i am not doing it right thank you for saving me on mm -hmm. that one <laughs> so yeah this is scott koblish uh last name for you people who want to google him real hard k-o-b-l-i-s-h uh Famed cartoonist, wonderful human being, pretty dope set of hair. Uh, very lucky to be, have been able to speak with him. Scott, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Sure. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Let's do this next week. <laughs> All right. You coming to India or am I coming here? Heck, let's just meet in Wichita. I'll come there. <laughs> we'll meet in the middle. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in Kansas. Uh, and guys, remember, if you have something that you are passionate about or that you have a lot of information on or just something that you really want the world to be able to hear you geek out over, uh, let me know and I would love to talk to you. Find me. You can find me on Facebook, No Intel Podcast. Remember, that's K-N-O-W, No Intel. And as always, I mean, you are interesting. You are valuable. Nobody can take that from you, mostly because your interests are what make you interesting. So for No Intel, this is Carrie Pulley. And uh, stay zesty, my friends. All right, bye. <laughs>